Welcome to Living Water Radio. Churches throughout the world will celebrate the fourth Sunday in Advent this Sunday with the Christmas story. Why? Are we impatient children shaking the wrapped presents under the tree? Today, we're going to find out. My name is Pastor David Burkadall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister actively focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Kirsten congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm serving a Lutheran church in Monterey Park, California, part-time. Maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm attempting to learn Mandarin Chinese. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. We're going to read the Christmas story from Matthew this coming Sunday. It's the second most relatable story of Jesus' birth. Luke is the longest and most familiar in the four Gospels. Mark skips it entirely. John is written for a non-Jewish audience and describes the birth in abstract philosophical terms. We're in the year of Matthew, though, and Matthew gives us the barest of bones for the story. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. But why are we proclaiming this story now? We're still in the season of Advent, the season of preparation and of waiting, not of the event itself, Christmas. I used to be an Advent purist. No Christmas carols until Christmas. It's not Christmas until Christmas. And then we have 12 days to sing the songs of Christmas while the world packs it away in the attic. Then... One year, a woman in the congregation I was serving asked me why the only place she could hear Christmas carols was in the mall. Maybe reading this lesson in Advent is a concession to an increasingly secular season, a way to get the word out as quickly as possible. Or maybe it is a mistake, an operator error, as with a woman who came to the point in her life where her family had grown to where buying Christmas presents for everyone was too much. She couldn't keep track of what everyone needed or wanted, so she wrote a stack of checks and filled out a pile of Christmas cards written to everyone with the message, This year you can buy your own Christmas present. She brought them to the family gathering and passed them around. 
Toward the end of the evening, she noticed that people were looking at her funny. Something wasn't quite right, but she couldn't put her finger on it until she got home and saw on her writing desk a neat stack of checks. All her family got from her that year was the message, this year you can buy your own Christmas presents. Or maybe it's because the people who put the Christmas story in Advent agreed with the pop a week after Christmas Christmas song from the Broadway musical Mame, We Need a Little Christmas. For we need a little Christmas right this very minute. Candles in the window, carols at the spinet. Yes, we need a little Christmas right this very minute. It hasn't snowed a single flurry, but Santa dear, we're in a hurry. Except that it has almost nothing to do with Christmas. We'll give carols at the spinet the benefit of the doubt. Traditions, by themselves, are not Christmas. Or maybe this lesson is placed in Advent to bring us a word of hope. Redemption is just around the corner. The second coming will come just as the first one did, after God's people waited for a very long time. I saw that someone online recently pointed out that we are now closer to 2072 than to 1972. That's putting things in perspective. Paul gives us a similar wake-up call in Romans 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Paul uses the flesh as a technical term, referring to those who have not put on the Lord Jesus Christ, those who are not yet Christians. He tells those who are Christians to wake up, to start being who they are, to live lives that reflect their status as a new creation. He calls us to live as people living between the two Advents. We don't know when Christ will return. Therefore, we are to be ready at all times. I heard of someone saying once, I live every day as if it were my last. That's why I never do laundry, because who wants to do laundry on the last day of their life? Okay, maybe that's a bit too literal. The second advent of Jesus may come in the next millisecond or in the next millennium. There is no difference in terms of our preparation. The time to be on alert is right now. I remember when, a couple of years ago, a standout high school football player had been successfully recruited by USC. He said at the press conference that followed, My mama always told us, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. We find strength in the first coming of Jesus as we long for his second coming. We stay ready. Advent means coming, and Christians have longed for it from the beginning. Near the very end of the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, we see one of the first prayers of the church in Revelation 22.20. The one who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The word Maranatha, which has roots in ancient Greek and ancient Aramaic, 
is familiar to many Christians. It means, O Lord, come. It has been the Church's prayer from the earliest days of the Church. The world has been celebrating a faux Christmas for months now, with a frenzy of buying and selling, with pastel-colored harmonies of easy-listening elevator music and Christmas radio, with snowmen where there is no snow, with a baseless and cliché-ridden call for peace on earth, a nostalgia for imagined Christmases past, vapid angels, and a whistling in the dark with all the things that Christmas is not. We don't need that kind of Christmas at all. So, here we are in Matthew. What we need is Advent. We long for that second Advent, the second coming of Christ, at least as much as we celebrate his first Advent. We pray that the second Advent might come as the first one did, and we pray that it might come soon. Advent now. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. <laughs>